Welcome to the Social Advice Podcast with your host, Rock Mitchell. Enjoy intriguing conversations and dialogue surrounding faith, fashion, technology, current events, culture, self-help, and motivation. And remember this one thing. Don't take that long to get right, shorty. Welcome to the show. My name is Odell Dickerson Jr., also known as Odell Exec, and you're listening to Rock Mitchell on the Rock Mitchell Social Advice Podcast. And it don't take that long to get right, shorty. Ladies and gentlemen, we got Rock Mitchell. This is another episode of the Social Advice Podcast where it don't take that long to get right, shorty. This episode right here, cuz. Right here, cuz. I don't think y'all get it. And I appreciate all the love for the last couple episodes with Wade the Barber and uh, Chris Simon and uh, Lord Funk and Coach T and uh, Dr. Hannah. It was, it's, it's been a good ride so far. We're looking at the analytics, and man, you guys are listening and, I, and downloading. I appreciate it. But this one right here, cuz, my God, my main man, he is, I would like to say that we're going to talk about one thing, but we just can't because the, the, there's so many sides to this guy. I mean, we have fashion, we have business, we have sports. I mean, like, it's just a lot. He's a born and bred Baltimore native. He's running one of the largest uh, 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 faith-based organizations in Baltimore. Give it up for the one, the only, everybody's style icon in Baltimore, Mr. Odell Dickerson. My man, my man. Thanks for having me. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> so let me just set the precedent here. Me and Odell have already been sitting here for like an hour and a half talking. Already. And a lot of this stuff would have been great for the podcast, but we was going ham. So we're going we gonna to try to you know, give you a little bit of what we had. But I just want to let you guys know, those of you who follow um, uh, Odell right now, let me just give you the lowdown. He's sitting here with the crispiest white shirt of all time. Uh, custom slacks. I mean, these, what are these? Capto? Uh, Capto. Capto. What, what is Classic. that? Classic. These, to boot. These, some, like, with, like, the, the, the quarter, the quarter inch, or the half, half inch sole. This thing That's is, right. these, these things are, <laughs> are crazy. And of course, you know, he, he keeps a, a custom, uh, a high end watch. I mean, he's just killing the game. I'm pretty sure if you go to his Instagram, he's, he's already snapped the picture of today's fit. So, not yet, but not, o- not Odell Exec. O- o- Odell Exec, <laughs> you want to follow him right now, and we're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna talk about a lot today. So we're gonna jump right in, man. Tell the people about yourself, Odell. Man, good to be here. Rock is my man, and so I'm glad to be on the on the podcast. And you had some big names on already, some Baltimoreans. Hey, we 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 just try we trying our best, and we're gonna leverage Odell to get some more. <laughs> some more <laughs> oh, absolutely, names. absolutely. Chris Simon's my dude. Uh, I'm the godfather of his son. We, we're family. I found that I found that out when we did the last podcast with Chris. So it's a small world. And I think I actually started following Chris because I think he may have liked one of your pictures. Okay. And or commented or something. I was like, "Who's this cat?" And I hit him on it, and I was like, "Oh snap!" <laughs> and 
And so I just saw everything that he was doing. I was like, let me connect with Guy. And I connected with him. He was mad open. And, and we connected. We did uh, did the podcast. And, you know, just keeping the relationship open, hitting, hitting each other. And that was a connection that I got from you without you even really knowing it for real. And that's how it's supposed to be. Right. We're supposed to connect. Right. That we are, it, when, we, when we meet good dudes or good young ladies in our, in our culture, right. we're supposed to connect. Yeah, we spend a lot of time hating. We spend, we are, this city sometimes, and I love my city. I love Baltimore. Put that on the record. Right, he said it. You heard it. I love Baltimore. Or I can call it Baltimore if you want to. (laughs) But I love Baltimore. But sometimes we can have that crab in the barrel phenomenon. I mean. We will reach up and pull somebody down in a heartbeat. And I think, you know. One thing that I learned, in order to get love, you got to show love. You have to give and, love. And one thing that I tell everybody that I talk to is, like, if I can help you in any way, and it ain't about no money. Right. If I can help you, I can give you my platform or I can provide a service to you. I just pray that when you're in a position to help me, you do the same thing because I'm going to ride for you 100%. And I found that, you know, even connecting with you, it's been nothing but 100%. Love and we connected on some business. On stuff. some business, rising tides lift all boats, lift all ships, all of them, all of them. And so, tell us, tell us about you, sir. So, I am the chief operating officer here at New Psalmist Baptist Church. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> My classic. Wait a minute. He is the chief. Uh, he's the cool. I'm the cool. <laughs> he's the cool. The COO. Of a of a church? Of a church. Wait a minute. How big is this church? Man, this church, man, let me tell you this first. God has favored this church. Okay. All right, so let me say that. I'll, one thing about me that you need to know is I love the Lord. Right. I love the Lord, and I love my church. I love what I do. I am in the business of people. Okay. The church is the business of people. Now, you probably have heard it explained what the church is in a lot of different ways, but the church is kingdom business, and it's about the people. And I love people. And so one thing that you said there that was really important, you said kingdom business. The the, the latter part of that is business. Now, church has been fighting that business term for a long time. So let me just set this right here. A lot of you pastors out there, y'all probably going to want to listen to this one because Odell is that guy when it comes to, if you want to run a successful organization, you kind of can't, it's hard to say, you know, you, you, uh, what what did uh, uh, Dave Chappelle say in that episode of the Chappelle show when the, uh, when the uh, McRib came back, he says, the McRib <laughs> is back. And if you want one, you got to go through me. <laughs> and it's like, if you really want to learn the business in this area of running a major church organization, you got you to gotta listen to what this guy is saying. He knows the business. So you were talking about the church. So I was talking about the church. And shout out to my pastor who also has a business mind. But one of his geniuses is... Hiring the people around him who also had business minds, not who were exactly like him, because that's a big mistake right. that churches and pastors make. They hire their clones. Oh, talk about that. They hire the people that's going to make them feel good. So that's is that kind of like. Yes, pastor. Yes, pastor. Oh, my yes, pastor. Yes. That's not good. It's not good. 
I mean, but you would think that the pastor need to work with people he feel comfortable with. Right? He needs to pull people in who are smart, who loves people, who loves the Lord, right? But who has some knowledge as well as some wisdom. Okay. So the knowledge piece is maybe they went to school. I have an accounting degree and I have an MBA. Okay. But they also need to have some wisdom, which is the experience or the definition would be that wisdom is the practical application of knowledge. So so not only let's let's just make sure we clear, not only does Odell have the 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 knowledge, the education to do his job. He also has the wisdom. And so I, I, I see some of y'all asking now, why would you need all of that to work at the church? Because some of our frame of reference for church is the little spot on the corner where people go on Sundays. That's not what this is. So so let me tell you this. So when I graduated, I started working in thir- at 13. I went to Mervo. This was 1947. All right. I graduated from Mervo in 1988. Don't let the gray fool you. <laughs> so, man, I, I was a professional dishwasher. Professional. Professional. Who were, were you washing dishes? I, there was a restaurant called the Garden Cafe. Okay. The Towson Town Center has not always been the Towson Town Center. It used to be a strip mall. Listen, so I was just... Uh, with the executive of Towson Town Center probably about a couple months back. And in their offices, they have the printout of what Towson Town Center used to be. Like, would we go and shop at Nordstrom's and, no. and Louie? That was not there. It was not there. There was a restaurant in the, in the middle of the mall where the elevator is. And I didn't want to bust tables because my friends might come by and see me. So I worked in the back washing dishes, either at the pot station or the dish station. Okay. So I started doing that. And when I graduated from high school, I didn't go straight to college. I tore my ACL. I thought I was going to be a football star or a basketball star. I tore my ACL. He, he, now, so if you've never seen Odell before, he definitely is built like a running back. I'm still an athlete. I'm still an athlete to this day. Oh, every morning you can get your dose of, of workout motivation. Like if you, if, he give you the 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 the, the oh, I, I have my I, I deadlift today. I have my clips that I'm gonna show later on today. And we're gonna and we're gonna. I need you to air drop them to me because I'm gonna put them in the little video uh, we gonna right. put together. All right, I'm gonna throw them to you. Right. I, I had a good deadlift deadlift session today. So then I worked for temporary agencies. I've worked for the government. I've worked for corporate America. I lived in the hood. I went to Caucasian schools. So I had to have um, I had to have dual language. Okay. I had to be bilingual. Yeah. I had to know how to talk corporate America as well as yo, what up? Right. So you had to learn how to be all things to all men. All things. I stood on the corner like everybody else, but I went to school. And so when I went to school, they didn't know what was going on on the corner. And when I went stood on the corner, they didn't know what was going on at the school. Right. And I decided to learn both. Okay. I decided to learn both. And, and this, so, was in, this was in Baltimore City. This was in Baltimore City. What, I grew. What, I went to the University of Baltimore. Okay. What side of town are you from? I am from. I am from Northeast. I'm gonna be politically correct. I went. I grew up in Northeast on Tivoli and Chilton. Okay. 
So my best friend lived on Green Mountain, 22nd and a half. So I, I was either there or on to, even on Tivoli or on Greenmount Avenue. So if you listen to the Chris Simon podcast, you know that Chris Simon grew up in the apartments behind the, the 7-Eleven on, uh, on, on Cold Spring. I grew up down the street at Lock Raven in Alameda. And uh, 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 Odell grew up on Tivoli. This is the same kind of area. area. It's the same area. So I don't want y'all to think I'm just going to folks that live, live, live in my hood. It's just so what happens that great stuff comes out of that area. So so go ahead. So I did all these different things, worked with all these different people. I worked with homeless people. I worked in group homes, running group homes with juveniles. I worked at the Charles Hickey School, which was, a, de- was a detention center for boys. I did everything. And I finally was like, man, why am I doing all of these things? And I kept on asking myself those questions. And when I got to the church, I found out that this is the business of people and all of those people come here. And, and, and those jobs were preparing you for? To deal with the different people. And when I say we have, uh, we have about 7,000 members, they all go here. The, the corporate, the white collar, the blue collar, the dishwashers, the the people who don't have homes, big right. homes, the people who came from the projects, right? all of that. And let me say, I've had the opportunity, um, and um, uh, Brother Odell has invited me to several services here at the um, New Psalmist, the illustrious New Psalmist Baptist Church. And you can sit in here and see people from all walks of life, and they are piling in here. We were here not too long ago um, for Bishop Jakes was here. And thanks to Odell, I got a chance to meet Bishop Jakes. But, you know, and Bishop Jakes was able to speak to people who had money, people who didn't have money, people who were poor, people who were homeless. The place was jamming. And it was because this is a hub for Baltimore. And if you live in Baltimore, you know that New Psalmist is the premier church here. There's no other church. Now, there's other churches that get a lot of shine. But in terms of the standard of, you know, doing ministry consistently for the last, how many years? How how old is New Psalmist? New Psalmist is 118 years old. Okay, pause. 118 years old. And their pastor has been here for 42 years. He, he's only one of three pastors. In 118 years. Just one. I mean, and, and you talk about next level. Like, the, the, like right. the GOAT. So, yeah. and, and so, and I say that to say, for a lot of us, you know, um, pastors and stuff that's listening to this, it's not something that we were having this conversation what they're doing at New Psalmist is not something you can come and look at and then go back to your church and duplicate. Right. You you can't just you can't just copy. You can't just put the trace paper over the drawing and trace it. There's a lot of hard work and effort. There's a we overplan for everything. We over detail everything. And everything you talked about Bishop Jake's being here. We had fresh fire this week which was amazing this week. That didn't just happen this week. That didn't just happen this year. That happened over the last 42 years. That happened over the last 17 years since I've been here and how we have evolved and to be able to do those things. So how do you, how do you come into this scenario? So, so let me t- so people talk often about, so when I 
I've been a new psalmist for 17 years, right? So I joined at about 1998. I became a staff member in 2000. Okay. Bishop Thomas pulled me out of, at the church at 45 or one and a half. He recognized me out of a crowd. We did three morning worship service, 2,000 people per service. I had never made, met Dr. Thomas. You was just coming. I just started coming, and I was coming from nobody's church. My best friend made me come to church. My mom dragged me to church when I was young, so I hadn't been to church since, like, 13 to 28. So your frame of reference was very vague. Man, I had this old-school frame of reference that I wanted no part of. No part of. And when I got here and this man was up there talking about my life, because I was big and bad in my 20s. I was living the life in Baltimore. You, I, was, I was Odell's. I was, I was parked outside of Odell's in my big bins. Right. So, so for y'all who know, like he was out here. I was out there. <laughs> he was out here. And I thought I was somebody until life grabbed me by the collar and jacked me up and kicked me in my behind. And you sat down and you in church and the preacher's talking about you. And he's sharing my story. And a lot of people will talk about this. He's sharing my story. And I finally said, man, this is different from what I remember. And I've tried everything else. Let's give this a shot. I started coming. And after a matter of time, in less than a year, Bishop Thomas called me up to the front of the church after service and said, man, I've recognized you. I was like, you recognize me? And as as a young black man, I was like, man, but I ain't do nothing. I just got here. (laughs) And he said, man, I recognize you, and man, I want to get you involved. I was like, okay. And we connected, and man, long story short, it's, it's been history. And it, in less than about six months, he asked me to become a part of the staff. He, the church was growing. I would take him to the We would meet at the gym every day. I've been training him since day one. We've been working out together or training since day one. So you've been training, so you've Bishop's training, because if you follow Bishop Walter Scott Thomas, throw his, throw his uh, Instagram out there. What's his Instagram? He is Bishop, Bishop W.S. Thomas. Thomas. Right. If you notice, like, it's subtle, but, like, you'll see little pictures of, of Bishop here have a T-shirt on, and his forearm is just, like, mad massive. Man, so when I first came on, he was running a conference in the Bahamas, and he handed that over to me. So I started coordinating the conference. It was called the Millennium Conference. Okay. 3,000 people in the Bahamas. And, man, we were working out so hard, Bishop was preaching in T-shirts. And he was literally, if you remember Hulk Hogan, he was like, and the Lord. He was flexing. (laughs) He would would close, and he would just be flexing. Everybody was like, he looks so good. We would go to the gym every single day. So, and that's before y'all had a gym? That's before we had a gym at the church. That's before I came on staff. Y'all I work, I work for right. the Department of Human Resources. Y'all heard that right. There's a gym at the church. There's so, a gym at the church. So We so, get it in, too. Yeah. I mean, if, if you follow these guys, you, you know that. And, so, and Rock has an open invitation to join me at the gym. Right. As soon as I It hasn't it. happened yet. So I'm just, I'm just saying. It's, no, there's a lot of intimidation when it comes to working out with Odell. You have to, I mean, when he does the face where he sticks his tongue ah. out, yeah, when he does that one, it's like, no, nah, he's going to put 80,000 pounds on this bench. So we go hard. So you, you, you working out, he brought you on staff, you know, you, you, he gave you this, 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 uh, this conference to plan, you, you, his personal trainer, and then what happens? 
man, the church is growing. I'm traveling. And so I live in Baltimore. I haven't done a lot of traveling. All of a sudden, we traveling like crazy. The church is growing. I'm at this point, I have an accounting degree. I'm working on an MBA. And man, we just go to work strategically on a regular basis. I mean, we opening the church, we closing the church 12, 14 hour days, and we really have a heart uh, for the people. And, and our title is Empowering Disciples. That's the, that's the backbone of who we are. And you spend all of that time doing that. We spend all of our time doing that. And it's funny, like I started hanging out with um, Odell or talking on a regular, probably about what? It's been how many months? It's only been a couple months. It's only been a couple months. Yep. And in that couple months, I've called him and he's been in New Zealand. I've called him, he's been in <laughs> Switzerland somewhere, New Orleans, Dallas, L.A., and so, man, I'm from Chilton and Tivoli or 32nd and Tivoli. <laughs> man, that's big. That's major. So, God, as Donald that. Trump would say, that's huge. No, that's, that's huge. Huge. That's huge. <laughs> like, I mean, but so, so you, and this is what I've learned is that if God's going to bless you, he's going to use a man to do it. And when I say man, I'm using that interchangeably, right? Right. Um, he's going to use a man to do that. And if the devil is going to try to bring you down, he's going to use a man to do that. Absolutely. Even if that man is yourself. Absolutely. Right. And so God kind of used Bishop um, Thomas and your old facility to kind of bring you up a little bit. Even Absolutely. though you had already determined, all right, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to. Man, I didn't know what I was going to do. I, didn't, I really didn't know. I was working for the state of Merle. I've always been what they call a hustler. Uh -huh. And so that, did, that doesn't mean I sold drugs. That meant right. I had a day job and a night job. Right. You so know, you was about getting that check. It was, I was about getting that check. I was young, so I had a lifestyle that I was trying to live at the time. Okay. You know, I had to drive a Mercedes and wear a Rolex and right. that type thing. Those things were very important to me then. And I think we call that securing the bag. Securing the, the bag. bag. Right. But it had no real purpose back then. It was just, I'm acquiring all this stuff to acquire. I, things. And y'all, and I promise you, you might see me look nice. Or you might see me... You know, post about fashion. I like nice things, just like the next person. But it's to draw people in to the faith that, side. And, and that's the thing. When people ask me, like, yo, rock, da, 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 da. It's not because, I mean, I like nice things. I love nice things, actually. And my wife will tell me, like, you got too much stuff. And I'm like, I need you to spend some time with Odell. I got too much <laughs> stuff, right? And so, like, but I have that stuff because nine times out of ten, it's a draw for other people to say, yo, how you get like that? Where'd right. you get that from? Or how can I make those types of moves? And that's your end. Right. Once they ask how right. I got, let right. me introduce you to I something. have a friend who, who passes a church down in South Carolina, a major church. Uh, actually, it's a Caucasian church. And one of his terminologies that he will use is that he will do anything short of sin to win souls to Christ. But that's the... And the church don't have that. See, what that's called is innovation. Yeah. And the church is so busy doing the same old things, expecting the same results. Expecting different, different results. results. That's insanity. That's called insanity. Yeah. The church, quote unquote, is insane. And one thing you said, um, and I want to change the subject just a little bit. Okay. One thing you said to me um, that you've been saying to me since we've been talking, um, and it's that. Yo, Rock, the black church is, like, 
dying. I'll say dying. The church is dying. Talk to us about that. Man, again, so you have some churches who you have these, these men and women who went to school. They felt like God has called them to pastor. Most times they feel like God, is, God has called them to preach. Preaching and pastoring are two different things. Preaching happens within pastoring, but pastoring doesn't necessarily happen within preaching. Two they're, different animals. They're two different things. And so they come on and they preach. And then remember, the climate has changed. The times have changed. They're still preaching like they used to preach when you have young kids and millennials and Generation Z. And even I'll go back to Generation X, who we do things totally different. So you've probably heard this before. The message never changed, but the methodology has to change. I believe that we have to change or die. One, one thing that um, we were here last night for um, Bishop Ooh, Morton. We had a great time We last had a great night. time at Fresh Fire last night. And Bishop Morton said something that stunned the entire room. He says, I like those old songs. I love them. And he started to sing one. He said, but... Some of this stuff is stuck in tradition. And all tradition is is frozen success. Frozen success. That like blue like my whole world, our minds were blown because that's really all it is. The last time you were majorly successful and all you kept doing is repeating that and you think you was gonna get results of it and it right. became tradition, right. a ritual. We we success breeds complacency. Right. And so it's not just about people who didn't have the skills and ability. Some who had the skills and ability and actually did well, they got complacent in their success. Man, we have to broaden our minds. So I had three wonderful nights of fresh fire on Sunday. Me and my family and I were in church. Shout out to my wife and my three children. Um, I'm, Shout I'm, them out. Give them that, give hey, that Instagram hey, name. Hey, my wife is LibraStar76. Instagram follower. That's right. My son is, he's a baller. He's a basketball player. He's a, a student athlete at Chapel Gate Christian Academy. Follow him at, what's that, underscore dot T-H-R-E, the number three. I'm going to put all that Instagrams in the show notes. So yes. Shit, so and they... my daughter is a baller. She's a volleyballer. She okay. goes to St. Paul School for Girls. And, um... We're going to put the Instagram in there. She's Jay Couture. She has that fashion sense. And then my youngest son, who we're all going to work for, he's a <laughs> gamer. He's, he cares nothing about sports. But he's smart. He has this intellect about him that we all just love. And so his children are going to these. I don't know if you're familiar with Maryland schools, but... Um... Odell has named some schools that are very um, <laughs> affluent. Right. The, the schools the that I did not know I could go to when I was a child, nor did I think I would be able to send my children, nobody but God. And so not to be so churchy, my family and I were in church on Sunday, right? I bring my family to church. We worship together at 930. But after church on Sunday... We jumped on the bus. We went to New York. Pause. Brooklyn, baby. Brooklyn. And what's going down in Brooklyn, baby? 
we went to see none other than Jay-Z himself. My two teenagers, this was their first concert. Their first, they went with their father and their mother. Their father who works for the church. <laughs> who loves hip-hop. We went to Brooklyn, and they had the time of their life. And you know what I call that, ladies and gentlemen? I call that balance. And the reason I call it balance is because Jay-Z holds some historical and um, practical re uh, relevance for Odell, right? Absolutely. So what's the relevance we, of Odell? We are the same age. We came from Generation X. They called us bastards. Hip-hop is the only music. Hip-hop generation is the only generation that has no father, like the ODB. Right. There's no father to our style. Right. And they counted us out. Okay. They counted us out, told us we weren't going to be anything. Why y'all listening to that music? Why y'all standing on the quarter? What is this mess? So, so, so you a hip-hop head? Oh, I'm a major hip-hop head. Now, and now, I do love old-school hip-hop more than I love new school, but I know the new school. You want to know why? Because my children knows the new school. They okay. keep me down, but I actually like it. Okay, so you like... You like a little Yachty and the Migos? Absolutely. Migos? Yeah, Future. Okay. Hey, little Uzi, I love that. Okay. We going, we going to go, it's, it's, it be going down. And they may not have the lyrics of a Jay-Z right. or a KRS-One or a Rock but Kim. It, but it's still innovative in its own it's way. It's innovative. So you mean to tell me that you're not a hater? I'm not a hater. Not a hater. Never. Ladies and gentlemen out there, Never. All, all of you haters out there. You have to learn how to progress and you stop it, stop living in tradition. Everybody, everybody loves the 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 early nineties and the eighties hip hop. Everybody, you can't take away from it. We're not going to be like man, Alonzo uh, Ball, and say ain't nobody listening to Nas. He's crazy. No, Nas, Biggie, Nas, Jay Z, or Biggie. Who you got? My my. Who you got? My, and I'm and I, and I love West Coast, Ice Cube. I know y'all love pop, right? But I'm a East Coast. Hip-hop. Hip-hop head. You're a New York hip-hop head. I'm a New York. I'm not, and I like down south. When Master P came out with Bout It, Bout It, right. I was Bout It, Bout It. <laughs> you know? Right. And, and, and for a while, the West Coast took over with Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg. But let me tell you, when it came back to the East, Co East Coast, where cash rules everything around me. Cream. Cream. Dollar, dollar. Illmatic. And then Biggie showed up. Illmatic. It was over. I think Illmatic was the first. Like I, I used to go to uh, North Carolina for summers, and um, my parents weren't there. So the first album that I actually bought from Fy is it Fye for your entertainment? Mm -hmm. uh, was Illmatic. Classic. First one I ever bought. Top five. So, so he's the chief operating officer at the church. It's a. This is an international church. It's a, it's, Absolutely. It, it's, they do business all over the world. They have a full staff every day. You can come to the church and somebody is not, it's not going to be like closed till Sunday. It's somebody in here. 24-7. I was in here probably a month and a half ago, and it was a full kitchen of people in there cooking dinner. Man, shout out to the New Psalmist Retreat and Meeting Center. If you want to book any event, we rival any um organization whether it's in the catering and food department we have one of the best crab cakes in town 
Listen, I, I, I had some of that food last night. You Let me tell you. Jumbo, what are they, prawns y'all had last Man, night? Man, no, <laughs> we didn't have scrimps. <laughs> they didn't have no scrimp. We had, we had prawns. <laughs> they had prawns. Tiger prawns. Tiger prawns. Yes. And a big old thing of it. Like, it wasn't like, oh, just one, please. No, it right. was, It was come back and get some more. It was. So, that, we do bougie, but we do bad. Right. So, we do fried chicken. But, but. We do collards. <laughs> Collards. We do collards. For those of you who aren't bougie, like <laughs> co- collard greens. <laughs> but the food was, I mean, the food was so good. And, and let me tell you this. Their retreat center will rival any other place you can go. Let's say your organization, you need to rent a place where you have multiple classrooms, multiple uh, conference rooms. You want to do a conference. You want to have a room that your whole entire conference up to 4,000 people, and then you want to have breakout sessions, and you want to have lunch. You want to have everything right here with 1,100 parking spaces on site. Um, we can host you. If you want to have a, a business with, with meeting the, with your executives. With VIP entrance and exit and elevators and right. whole thing. And this it, is it, not just so, church stuff. This no, is, no, this is business stuff. So if... You know, we'll do concerts. Now, we're going to limit what type of concerts we're going to do. Um, but we, we're not going to have anything that's just evil. Right. But, but Baltimore City, Baltimore County, different organizations, the NAACP is our neighbor. If they want to host a conference here, they can host a conference here. We can accommodate everything. And that's the national headquarters for the NAACP. is right around the corner. Right next door. And so you're running not just... And so, uh, what I want people to understand is what Odell and his team are running here is not just a church, but it's a business. It's a, it, right. like, on any given day, you got how many people working full-time in this building? 33 full-time, 50 staff total. But let, let me say this. You know, one of the things that's in our DNA is, you heard all of that, those things, um, but one of the things that's deep in our DNA and our culture is hospitality. Okay. No, no, no. You are 100% right. We're going to be be nice. We're going to treat you good. And if somebody does not treat you well, please see me. And and I've been here, and um, they treat me so nice when I come here. It's, like, ridiculous. When you got here last night, I wasn't even here. He wasn't even here. Let me tell you this. So I wasn't I was at my son's basketball game. So I tell you, he got balance going on. So I I text... um, Oh, for any, anyway, Odell texted me early in the day and said, bro, just want to make sure that you're coming through to Fresh Fire tonight. I'm like, I'm there. So he says, I'm going to be a little late because I'm going to my son's basketball game. He said, but they'll take care of you. I said, okay. So I got to the, to the campus, which is the campus, and the, he told me where I was supposed to park, but the, the, the parking lots at access to the VIP parking was kind of blocked off, which I understand. There's a lot of people out here. And it was jam-packed. And it was jam-packed. It's Paul S. Morton was here. So he texted me the number and said, call Greg. He going to take care of you. Shout out to now, Greg. Shout out my man Greg. Now, this is the thing. You giving me some random dude number. I'm thinking I'm going to call. He's like, who is this? I call him. He says, he says, is this right? I think he says, is this right? I was like, I was like, I was like, yeah. He said, he said, where you at right now? I was like, um, this is where I'm at. He said, no, I need you to come over here. I'll be there in 20 seconds. I'm waiting on you. By the time I got to where he told me to be, he was there with the barriers open. He said, go straight on down. They're going to get your spot down at the bottom with a VIP parking. They continued that same level of service, walking up to the building, 
coming into the building, seating me uh, in an in a, in a awesome space. And I, they take care of everybody. everybody. Now, it may not be the VIP situation, but it's going to feel VIP right. because they speak to everybody. Like, the ushers ain't those nasty. You remember those nasty ushers nope. from back when you was a kid? We don't grab, do that. That come and, and grab you up under your arm. And right. <laughs> you can't sit there. You can't sit there. It ain't for you. Right. They ain't doing all of that. Everybody's a somebody. And the spirit was just so loving, and the people were so nice. Even people who... Where I was standing in the in the um in, in in the in the hallway after the service and the ushers were the, the choir members were coming out of the choir stand and all of them spoke to me when they came out. They're like, hey, right. how are you? It's so good to see you. Right. Some people say it's good to see you again. I was like, I didn't know you saw me the last time I was right. here. But the attitude was one of excellence. Yeah, excellence, kindness, niceness. And man, those it may seem like that's should be the norm, it ain't. but we don't take it for granted. And so one of the words I like to use often is intentionality. You have to be intentional. And that's with everything you do. For example, we talked about Instagram. Um, I'm intentional with Instagram, so you're not going to see me in church on Sunday and yet see me on Instagram holding a drink up. Right. So on my Instagram, I'm going, my, my social media is going to be about faith, family, and fashion. fashion, fitness, yes. and finances. I'm that's gonna a, keep it right there. That, that's a lot. Of, that's the five. What's that? Five. The five F's. The five F's. Ball it up, and right, you, got the, fist. you got the you got the fist. Like who's, you ever saw the movie Dodgeball? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Do, duck dive. Yeah, the, uh, the D. <laughs> the hey, oh, that has the five. And, and no, you want another acronym? What? Kiss. Kiss. Okay. Keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple, stupid. And so, before we start talking about fashion, I know once once we post this, you're going to have the pastors and once sneak and listen to it. We know you're listening to it, pastor. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's all love. It's all love. It's we all love. love. Let's connect. Let's let, connect. Let me help you. So, just, I'm going to let you go what you're going. So, yeah, I, my day job, and I don't consider this a job because I love what I do, is, but I, I work for New Psalmist. Baptist Church. So you understand. The, the people of New Psalmist Baptist Church. Yeah, I have the high and lofty COO title, but I serve the people, and I work at the pleasure of Bishop Thomas, who, who's an awesome um, leader. Not just boss, he's an awesome leader. So I love what I do. I've learned. I've been here 17 years. I can work with you and your leaders. So, I can work with you and your leaders. If I can help you, let me Help, help you. you. Help me help, help you. you. See, and, that, and that's what I, I was going to that um, because one thing, the first thing I noticed when I got close to, you know, not just Odell, but the operation here is that they will share it with you. It's that's not right. like, it's not, no, it's not a secret. We're not hoarding anything. They're not hoarding anything. And so what Odell is open to do is come and talk to your church, even if you're not a pastor or leader, but you know that your church personally could use some help or your ministry or your organization, not just your church, but your business. But your business. This could, isn't just about church. Your business could need some help when it, when it comes to the organizational structure, when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your human resources. You need some help. Infrastructure, uh, infra organization, that's leadership, what, that's all of that. Odell does, and he does it in a fly way that your people are going to want to receive and keep it. Now... It's not his fault if you don't listen to his recommendations. Right. It, and that's what 
we and it talk- doesn't happen overnight. It, you know, he wants to build a culture of success. And you don't have a culture by one time. If you notice Odell, you know that Odell go to the gym every day. That's right. You don't look like he looked. Since I was 13. You, said, you don't look like he looked. And don't understand consistency, persistence, and culture. So give him one. So let's say, let's just imagine some pastors are listening right now. Okay. And they're listening with the ear of, I'm about to quit because I can't get my people to do what I need. They, nobody's grabbing the vision that God gave me, and I'm, I really don't know if God really called. I'm about to go find a job somewhere. Give them, what, what would you say? First. Or that, right. and then what would you say to a member of somebody's church to encourage their leader or what they could do to help better their leader? Okay, number one for the pastor, first of all, do not quit. We don't quit. We don't do that. We do not quit. I don't care how tough it gets. You, your, your character, your competence, it's made in the fire. Diamonds are shaped by the fire. Rocks are shaped by banging with either a sledgehammer or some machine. Right. Matter of fact, when you build muscle, you have to first tear it, tear it down. So... That is by design. You will be, be much better because of it. But what you have to do is, first of all, take a look in the mirror and be honest with yourself. That's a hard thing for pastors to it do. It is hard for all of us to do. I mean, cause but, I, but specifically, so one of the things you have to do, and I say this in the gym, I keep referencing the gym, but I tell guys, as much as I look like a beast and I train like a beast, if I know you're not on my level, I'm not going to try to kill you. I'm going to let you know you were there. But what I tell guys is check your ego at the door. So first thing I want to say is, pastors, we have to check our egos. We have to be open for help. If you do not know how to do it, find somebody who does. So being open to say you need help. Be open to help, to say you need help. Be open to say, I have failed. So do you think some pastors are small in terms of their, the size of their ministry or their, their influence, not because God ordained for them to be small, but they haven't learned how to access that next level that God wants them to get to? Well, so everybody's not meant to be at the large church. All of us have different purposes. Right. However... If you open your mind up, if you open your mind and you open your heart, you can, you can receive in your spirit, you can see the things. And I know sometimes I've went kicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. But what I've learned is I have to trust God. This is one of the biggest problems we have. We walk by sight. Yep. And we say we walk, walk by, by faith. faith. But we want to know. Like, I'll go teach for somebody and work with them, and they want to say, well, you got to tell me, I'm going to have 2,000 members by this date, right? Or it's going to happen just like this, right? I can't, I don't know exactly how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen how it's supposed to happen. And so, and I think one, one thing that, that um, Odell is committed to is making sure that, you know, if he's going to work with you, it's based off of making sure that you are, yeah, you're going to grow, but he wants you to be effective. One thing that I know that um, 
New Psalmist says, even if you're looking from afar or you're looking up close, it's one thing they kill at, and it's how effective they are. They're very effective at what they do, whether it's 10 people in here or it's, what, this church sees, what, 4,500? Four. Just 4,000. 4,000. Yeah. Um, it looks like 50,000 people can fit in here. But, you know, whether it be that, they're going to be effective in it. If they're serving you dinner, it's going to be effective. Intentionality. You know, like, last night, <clears throat> let me just give you a sense of their intentionality. Last night, um, raising offering, Bishop gets up, he's raising offering. And I didn't have to walk nowhere. I didn't have to walk anywhere. You know, I didn't have to go write no check. I didn't have to dig in my pocket for no cash. I went right on the app right. and gave right there. Because you, once you start trying to move 2,500 people around, that gets really dicey. And listen, people don't even carry cash or checkbooks anymore. I know. I, when I go to church, I don't because I know I can get Man, my pocket look like rabbit is right now right. if I pull them out. I got a card, bro. And, and, exactly. And I got a card and Apple Pay. So, so that thing, you know, we talked a little bit. Just want to touch on this. You know, I don't want you to think we're just about the business. Right. So Bishop Thomas is a very anointed leader. And so there's so much spirit here. And sometimes, and I, I touched on it, sometimes you think spirit is with walking around, with floating around, right, and we got halos and speaking right. in tongues. Sometimes spirit is just about being nice. Right. It's just about being nice. Bishop Thomas is going to study. He's going to preach. The team, the staff now, we're going to work to execute. We're going to have a strategy, a plan. We're going to execute it. We're going to be efficient. We're going to be effective. We're going to do new things. And one of the secrets to success is being willing to fail. Okay. Failure is not the opposite of success. It is a part of success. So... In terms of the pastor who's th thinking they're struggling right now, that's a good place to be. It's part of the journey. W what's your testimony going to be like? Right. Testimony, the base word in testimony is test. Test. And so it, <laughs> You got to take the test, bro. I mean, you look, at, you look at T.D. Jakes, right? He spent, he spent all those years in West, in, Virginia. West Virginia. I heard him say that on a, on a, good, on a good Easter Sunday, he had 40 to 50 people in there. Man, but, but you, have, you have to, as a pastor, you have to have vision. You have to have vision. You have to see what God has for you before it actually comes to pass. And then you have to share that with those people that you lead. And you have to have enough competence mm -hmm. that they trust you, that they follow you. And share it passionately. You have to... A pastor or a leader that has no passion or has no energy, man, you 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 dead in the water. Because there's there's gonna be somebody who's gonna pick that apart. And so and so I'm glad you said that. And so what we have to be able to withstand is scrutiny. If you can't if you can't be scrutinized, you need to get out the way. If you have thin skin. Get out the way. You, you have to get in it. You don't have the ability. So what? Some days you may go home crying. Some, some days you may pull your hair out. I have none. <laughs> I'm, I'm bald and gray. That's a good look, though, bro. I appreciate it, but, I, but it's the truth. I'm bald and gray. Did you start like that? I did not. <laughs> no, I, I came here bald, but I was not gray. So, so the 
and 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 the and peoples they the, took the, it. <laughs> they took they took it, and I love so, them. So pastors, I want I want I want the pastors and the leaders and the and the business owners and the entrepreneurs. I want you to call Odell, and um, I want you actually I want you to email him. What's your What's your email? It is O Dickerson at newsalmist.org. All right, one more time. O Dickerson at newsalmist.org. You can hit me up on IG if you want. Odell Exec. O D E L L E X E C. I need you. To, I need you to hit him up because no foolishness. No fool. No, no he, foolishness. He, he don't do the foolishness. No. No drama. No foolishness. Don't try to. Don't try to call him. I mean, now, now he's here to help you. Absolutely. And he's here to help your organization. But this is one thing I'll say, and, and he can correct me if I'm wrong. Well, no, he can't correct me if I'm wrong. This is my podcast. Um, <laughs> I don't want you to be a vampire. And when I say this, I don't want you out here sucking the blood, life force out of Odell, and you are not willing, you're not open to reciprocation. You, you have to invest in yourself. And invest in right. yourself. You know, if, if, <clears throat> if you want a Mercedes, you're going to spend Mercedes money. If you want a good steak and you're going to go to Capitol or Ruth Chris, you're going to pay. It's a la carte. You know you're going to pay for you're it. You're going to pay for it. Odell is running the premier church in Baltimore and is open to help you. Right. What else do you want? So so you might say, so you may get with me. We sit down. We come up with a plan. We come up with a contract. Right? And you praise may say to me, praise the Lord. You may say, I have to feed my family. Right. You may say to me. I can't afford to do this. Now, church is dying. Everything you've done hasn't worked. You're about to quit. Your people aren't following you. And I will say to you, you can't afford not to do this. Can't afford not to do it. You can't afford not. And whether it's me or someone else. And let me answer your second question to the people. It's a real simple, you know, I address the pastors. Let me address the people that follow. You cannot be a part of the solution and the problem at the same time. He said it slow enough for us to hear it. You cannot be a part of the solution and a part of the problem at the same time. Get off of the fence. And one of the ways I want to really sometimes we'll feel like, so uh, let's take slavery and let's take Racism. Let's take just the civil rights era, the 60s, right? And so you had people who, uh, Caucasian people who were racist, and they made it known that they were racist. And say they lived next door to another Caucasian person who wasn't necessarily racist, but he knew the people around him were racist, and he knew how he treated us as African Americans. And you might say something to him, and he say, well, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. You say, I'm not contributing to the problem. Right. Well, if you're not helping, you're hurting. And Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. So it may not be you this time. You wait until the next time. And and the whole idea or the concept behind um, you sitting there knowing, like in church, one of the biggest places that you'll ever experience gossip is in the church. Woo! 
Ooh, it's the worst. It's the worst. And to know that you're hearing gossip. Drama. Drama. But you're not the one to say, hey, no, 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 no. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. Because that's a spirit that you're unleashing. That's a spirit that you you letting grow. And that's what kills probably more church other than finances. So, so let's take that a step from. Let's take away the drama. Let's say you have a vision and say you wanna uh you wanna you wanna rent a new building, you need more space, you wanna rent a new building and you wanna fit it so it's nice for your people to come and it has heat and has air conditioning right. and it's really nice. And some of your leaders are on board with it. But then they go out into the congregation and they hear some people talking. Uh, why are they doing this? And why do they have to get that new church? And why, why are we spending money on this? And why are we doing this? And your leaders say, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why they doing that. Yep. So all of a sudden you, you, find your, you find people separating themselves from the vision. So are they contributing to the success or are they contributing to the death so, of the vision? So would you say that's a, that's a personnel choice in terms of leadership? It, it is, but we have to teach it. We have to teach it. Leaders are enchanters of the vision. They have to carry the vision around. In the old days, the pastor used to preach it on Sunday, whether we needed to raise money, whether we needed a new bus, whether we needed a new space. We can't do church like that anymore. We need leaders. It's about leadership. Everything rises and falls on leadership. So do you, so in that scenario that you set up where it came down to going out and hearing that, that um, member that, who's discontented with the choices of the church, if that particular leader was, was championing, championing the, 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 the message of the church as they should have, there may or may not have been space with that discontent. No, you shut that down. And this is how you shut it down. Hey, I love my I love the Lord. I love my church. I have grown at this church. I got married at this church. I had three children at this church. I thought I was grown when I got here. And when I had my wife and my kids, this church was here for me. When my dad passed away, my dad's funeral was here. This church was here for me. When I needed financial help, this church was here for me. Hey, when the church said they were going to build a new church, they did exactly what they said they were going to do. So I went through discipleship. I became more like Christ. This church has done wonders for my development and my growth. Am I going to follow this pastor in this church? Absolutely. Y'all, that's my own testimony right, right. there. Right. So, you, so saints, this is another piece. We, we got to have our own testimony. And it doesn't have to be churchy. It doesn't, you don't have to break out into tongues and fall out and shout and lay hands on people. Plus, you can go to jail for that or get blasted big time. <laughs> but, but we should have our own testimony right. of how we grew, how we grow. So, do, so would you say that a lot of, this day and age, a lot of people have a bad memory. They, have, they, don't, remember, they, do. they don't remember the good times. All they can remember is, the church is doing something that I don't like. Why well, I didn't get the attention that I wanted. So they forget all of the good times. Selective memory. And, and then people have ulterior motives. Yeah. You know, so this is one of the harsh realities of church. You know, I'll, you, I'll pick on the men. You know, you're not the boss at home. And you come to church and you get a title and you become the boss. Oh, and God. you become very territorial. And, and I want to drop this nugget. Um, a title... 
does not entitle you. One more time, sir. A title, deacon, minister, trustee, whatever. A title. The world hates that the most. Does not entitle you. So y'all going to see that on my Instagram later. I know that's right. Dash uh, Odell. (laughs) I mean, so... So you've learned all of this over the last 17 years. 17 years. And so you've grown, helped grow this organization. You're working hand-in-hand. So right under under Bishop Thomas is you. Yes, sir. And you provide leadership to the rest of this organization. To the rest of this organization. And you're opening yourself up to do that um, for other help. I want to share everything I've learned. God did not give me all of this for me to keep it to myself. And you run and help help run Bishop's organization. His right? private organization. Bishop has a consulting firm. Changes can happen. Odell Exec is my own consulting firm. We we partner in some, a lot of things together. Um, I, he does individual things. I do individual things. Listen, he will always be my pastor. I will always support him. I don't care how high I rise. When I'm traveling with Bishop, people ask me, "Are you his driver?" Are you his armor bearer? Are you his bodyguard? And I definitely say yes to all of them. And if you want to find out about the bodyguard piece, I can show you. Right. I don't think you really want to find <laughs> out about that. And so, so we have to be diverse and so and I, humble I, at the same and time. humble. Because you don't come back and say, no, 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 I'm the CEO. No, I don't. I never explain. I just say yes. Do you carry his bags? Yes. This man has blessed me. This this man and he's a good man, so he he's a good leader. So I I I can do that. And if you sit there, if you ever get a chance to sit down or stand up and talk to Bishop, it's like talking to, you know, for my age demographic, it's like talking to that uncle that grew up with you, and t- start telling you stories. And it's like I don't want him to stop talking. Right. I mean, we were talking not too long ago, and he started telling me about Cherry Hill and. And Man, know, he loves Cherry Hill. Rocking my day, like Bishop, what day was that? Nineteen twenty. But let me let me say this about church because people leave Don't this out sometimes. We have fun in church. We have fun not just on Sunday. We have fun every day. No, we had fun last night. We had fun last Listen, night. Let me tell you. So Bishop Paul S. Morton is putting on a preaching clinic. Like he is, like people are losing their minds. And I'm looking for Bishop Thomas, and guess where he is? He's laying on, on the, the steps. steps. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my it's on my Instagram story. He's laying on the steps. But this is the worst part. When Bishop Morton is done, Bishop Thomas never gets up. He does the dismissal, laying <laughs> on the steps. <laughs> Man, we try to be not to be clicheish, but we try to be real. Right. And then people hurt. need realness. Church, we have to be real. Church, we have to be, have fun. Church, we have to be competent. Church, we have to have character. We have to be all of those things. So um, I'm going to ask you one more question, and then I want to jump into um, our last topic, which is fashion. Okay. But what, what ministries does the church have? So we have a ton. But let me, let me pick out a few. Um, so one of the things that we do – so. There's a, there's a pastor who, who helped me with designing what my purpose is. And so I'm going to talk about it as new psalmist. He asked the question, what breaks your heart? You want to find out what your passion is? 
Find out what breaks your heart. And one of the things, so we live in Baltimore City. There's a lot of things that can break your heart. The four, I just heard this on the news the other day. The fourth most dangerous city in the nation. Jeez, we doing bad. We, the fourth most dangerous city in the nation. Our education system, do you know that, and it's probably lower, but the graduation rate for Baltimore City is 50%. I heard the other day that the this Baltimore City average on, on standardized testing, we failed it on an average. On an average, we failed it. And so I'm going to stop right there because there's some other things. But one of the things is the children are the future. And so one of the places we dug our heels in is we had a campaign called Taking Charge. And we partnered with about 12 schools, helping them supplement their day-to-day operation because we were going to schools finding out they didn't have enough books or course materials. They didn't have um, just the normal things, things like vegetables. You know, they, did, they weren't getting proper nutrition. And so we partner with schools to help supplement. Each principal in Baltimore City School, uh, they have to be the CEO. They went to school to learn education. They didn't go to school to learn to be business people or CEOs. So sometimes they struggle. And so we try to partner with our schools. And that's just one of the ways. We have missions and outreach. Um, we, we, we feed the homeless. We go to the jails. For Christmas, we're going to feed, um, give gifts, clothes, and everything for 300-plus families. Thanksgiving, we did about 300 families where we gave away the whole meal. So we're going to try to fulfill our purpose in being having an impact in this city. We have major job training here. The unemployment rate, I don't know the exact number, is very, very high. So we, we do job training. We partner with different organizations where we can do job training. So we're trying to meet the real needs of the city. And we're going to be doing more. But what, let's go back to the business side. So this is how the business side and the ministry side ties in. So all of that ministry sounds great. But guess what it takes to do ministry? People and finances. It takes money. This is my term, y'all. Don't. Y'all can use it, but just give me credit. It takes money to do ministry. To do more ministry, it takes more money. You have no money. That's why, that's most of the pastor's frustration. They have have vision for ministry, but have no money to make it happen. And one thing... You could do a workshop or that Just on that. And one thing God has, has told us is that he never gives us vision without provision. So, so is that something that you can help churches with to help teach them how to get to the place where? I'm, I'm, so for New Psalmist, I'm the chief operating officer, but I'm also the chief provision officer. You're the CPO. I'm the chief provision officer. So I understand provision. I understand making things come to pass. I'm not, I would never try to make you new psalmist. There's only one new psalmist. But I would help you be the best such and such, whoever you are. So whether you're AME, whether you're a, a Baptist or whatever, or CME, whatever right. organization, whatever. Right. 
whoever you are, but I can help you with the provision. So we're gonna call three CPO over here. <laughs> three CPO. <laughs> Could get the money right. So with that being said, we didn't talk for uh, an hour just about you know your transition into being a church executive, and that's a real thing. We're not talking, you know, somebody just hanging out at church once or twice a week. He's here. Seven Sunday. days a week. Sunday. I am technically off today. Technically. And, and, and I got here at 6.30 this morning. You're having a beautiful off day. So a beautiful we're... off day. Let's and talk. I'm dressed. Let's... For, I have on my business. I have on my uniform. <laughs> Listen, we're in his office right now. I want you to know in his office, there's one, two. Oh, <laughs> I should have closed the door. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, He has about 25 suits hanging up in the closet in his office. There is, I would say, a good oh, don't look that 40 way. pairs of shoes still in the boxes. I'm a neat freak. So, so let me tell you, the, I'm a neat freak, and I'm going to tell you why. I have OCD. I have OCD. Is that similar to your three CPO? It, it is. <laughs> so, but let me tell you my rationale. I spiritualized it. Okay. Oh, I spiritualized it. God is not going to give you the more that you ask for if you don't take care of what he's already given you. Come on here. Preach that. Preach that one more time. I'm going to take an offering in no, here. No, so, no, I mean, <laughs> but that's people, the truth. People say they know that. Right. They don't live like that. Man, I, everything I do, my family tell you, I'm the same way. So all my shoes are in the original shoe box with shoe trees in them. All my suits are hung up. All my there's no clutter I'm anywhere. I'm surprised that that rack inside of that closet has not broken. It's been reinforced. <laughs> <laughs> so and that leads me to my next point. Odell is your quintessential sartorialist. And for those of you who don't know what that is, I was going to say explain to them. So basically. He is a gentleman who is well-versed in the art of men's style and grooming. He's not wearing an 18-button suit. He's not in not here. Not 17, not, not 16. 16. Listen. So, it, that's, yeah. so Rock, I, I love that you're going in this direction. So I love fashion. I love style. That was one of my influences at New Psalmist. When I came to New Psalmist, Gators... Ostrich skin, snake skin, suits with 21 buttons. Was in. Was in. Red shoes, red socks, red suit, red shirt, red tie, Simply red eyeglasses. Think kings of comedy. Oh, man. Think Cedric the Entertainer, Steve Harvey, D.L. Hughley, Bernie Mac. 18 buttons starting at the neck going all the way down Woo. with the pants, the shoes, the belt. Man, I came in in two button suits. Back then, I only shopped at Brooks Brothers. Brooks Brothers. Did you shop at Gage's? I know Gage. I went to Gage, but I love Brooks Brothers because I could get two button suits. I only wore wingtips or cap toes. This is this is this is what makes him a sartorialist because he's it's classic style. It's 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 something and this is the thing. And my dad raised me on this. Cuz back in the day I used to ask my dad, I was like, "Dad, why you don't wear more, you know, flashy stuff?" And he's like, he said, "Rock, if I can't wear that in the boardroom, I can't wear it anywhere else." Great point. That's that was my point when I got to New Psalms, I'm saying, "Guys, y'all, they used to call me, quote unquote, white boy." They said, I dress like a white boy. 
And I was cool with it. I said, because when you go to the boardroom dressed like that, the white boys are laughing at you. And they, and they know you don't understand That's right. what's about to happen. That's right. So, so your sense of style came from where? Man, the funny thing is, when I went to Mervo, Mergenthal of Vocational Technical High School, I was in business, right? And we had something called Dress for Success every Wednesday. But my fly was a little different back then. It was shell-haired Adidas Air Force Ones um, flavored Lees with the matching champion sweatshirt. Y'all know nothing about that. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Nathan. What, what, what were you at? Shopping at Charlie Rudos? Man, let me say, I sh- Charlie Rudos, I shopped at Charlie Rudos. I did all my shopping on Greenmount Avenue. Greenmount 33rd. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> You went to Nifty's too, didn't I you? I went to Nifty's cleaners. <laughs> My sister still goes to Nifty's. The Red Shed and those stores that I can't remember the name of in Shoe City. Okay. We did all. And some we, we would, I would get down Old Town Mall in Mondawmin. That was a treat to yeah. go over to Old, to go down to Old Town or go to Mondawmin and look around in Charlie Rudo. Yeah. Look around because Charlie Rudo was expensive. Yes. I mean, I don't know how many pairs of, uh, uh, Air Force, uh, not Air Force, um, uh, yeah, Air Forces. Yeah. That my parents then bought me, or the Air Max, red and white. Was it the 89s? Right. All and, of that. Yeah, you know. So, and what do y'all know about Dominoes and Britishers and, you know, all of that stuff? Like, Felis have come back out. Puma has come back out. All that stuff we used to wear. And this was the like early 90s. I'm talking 80s, in the 80s. 80s. I was in high school, school and middle school in the 80s. 80s. And so your sense of style then, well, we could you, had, you had to be fresh. Man, run, a, a Run DMC, some shellhead Adidas, and an Yvonne Lindo Adidas sweatsuit, the sweatsuit with the three stripes down the side, it's like Run DMC. At, it's people looking for that right now. Man, all that stuff has come back. All that stuff has come back. And so when it came down to being suited and booted, which... Ain't too many cats. So I was telling you, like at Mervo, we had dress for success. I took a F every week because I was too cool to put on a shirt and tie. So I thought. And now look at you. And now God has a funny sense of humor. I wear a suit and tie just about seven days a week. I mean, but, but it doesn't look, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it does not look. Like it hurt. You know, Man, some people put a suit on like, oh, that look, he look uncomfortable. Embrace your passion. Embrace who you are becoming. And so instead of fighting it, I embraced it. And one of the things I said is if I got to wear a suit and tie every day, I'm going to have some fun with it. Fashion for me is fun. I didn't expect the attention that I get from it. And so then I start crafting my own style. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't tell you, like, I love the, the, the Ralph Lauren look. But I have no style icon that I follow. I do what I feel. Okay. So, so you like a good black label situation? Black you know, label, purple, purple label. label. That's my favorite brand of tie. Okay. I'm definitely a Tom Ford guy. Oh, got to love Tom. It's very you, beautiful tie. Yes. You have on there. So, 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 so <laughs> and even when it comes down to she's one thing that I hate more than anything. I hate with a passion cheap shoes. I... Like, I'll have a stroke. I'll have a seizure. Like, behind some terrible shoes. Some terrible shoes. And, they, and that doesn't mean they have to be expensive. No, it's so, just, I'm a bargain shop. I don't buy anything unless it's on sale. 
Nothing. All these shit here. Nothing. Let me tell you. And that's the thing. So I do styling too. I do styling. I do wardrobe consulting because your image is important in business. Right. right. People need to be attracted to you. And so when I do that, people are surprised. I'm not taking you to Neiman's right off the bat. We can go to Neiman's last call. Right. Hit Arundel Mills up. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And when I travel around different countries, I go to the different ones. But let me tell you, I'm not. I go to Marshalls. I go to Ross. The Rack. I go to The Rack. And and I guarantee you, yes, I have some custom-made suits. But, yes, I have some suits that's still in my closet. From Marshalls that cost me $129. That's in the rotation. And with that's the, in the rotation. And and you have a good tailor, I bet. Oh, you that's the big piece. I'll, I'll pay $129 or $100 for a suit. No, I no, let me say this. I have a suit in my closet right now, three-piece suit that I got from the Goodwill that cost me $7.99. <laughs> I took it to the tailor, and it cost me $50 to get it tailored. You spent more on the tailor than you did on the suit. You will find that you will spend more because it's not always about the suit. It's about the fit. And so, guys, please, please, please stop wearing a suit and have the pants legs so baggy. You walking on the back, on your heel walking on the pants. Or, or know what looks good on you. Know whether or not you need a, a full break. Or partial, I mean, but, like, but but don't take for granted they know what a break is. Okay, I'm I'm okay. a no break, no break. So which I will wear that, high waters. Which means that Odell's pant, the end, the, the bottom of his trousers, end at the top of his shoes, and it might not even touch. touch my shoe. But his but don't his pa- be scared. But his pants are so crisp that it's straight down, straight down. Like there's no wrinkles, no wrinkles. Like like me. So for for most of my suits. My, um, I get my calf a little bit closer, and I get just a partial break, slight break where it breaks a little bit over over my um, the top of my shoes. And what ends up happening, you can't is wear fresh socks and not. Let you can't. And then what I try to do more more recently, I've been doing a two inch cut and all a two inch cuff always in my trousers, which is inches. now which is now coming back. Because, I've always done it. Right, but remember. Cuffs went away. So let me give you the rule of thumb on the cuffs. Now, this is my rule in fashion. My rule on fashion is that, that there are no rules. True. You, but you have to know the rules to be but able you to have, break the rules. You have to, oh, you need to be able to, you need to know the rules. So the rule used to be if, if you had pleats in your pants, then you get cuffs. If you had flat fronts, you get no cuffs. I prefer flat fronts, and I'm still going to cuff them. And what? And that's what I and that's what I do. I just came back around to it probably about within the last two years. And so, tell me, let me get your opinion on something. Okay. Would you prefer to go to Nordstrom's or Suit Supply? I'm a huge Suit Supply guy. I love so Suit Supply in store, Suit Supply order online. So let me tell you, I can't fit most of the pants from Suit Supply. So I buy all of because their of the blazers calf? because of the calf. I'm a DB killer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you are, you are the DB I killer. I love DB. Double breasted, ladies and gentlemen. So I know my body style. So I'm not super tall. Don't ever call me short. <laughs> I'm not super tall. I have a thick upper body. So I have to wear 
what looks good on me. And you have to understand your body type. Right. You have to understand your body like, type. I know for me, I like the look of a, a double-breasted. DB but, with a peak lapel. Like, not a notch a lapel, lapel. A peak, peak lapel. lapel. Now, this is the thing. I like a good... Now, Suit Supply is famous for having a DB or, or even a single-breasted with a lapel that'll go up to your shoulder. And if you're skinny, you look good in everything. You look good in it. But, you know, one thing that I like about Suit Supply is they get the culture and they're not breaking the bank. Nope. Like, I went in, and you could get, you could literally go to Suit Supply with $400. Man, I will take you shopping. Let's go shopping. Let's go. Let's go. We will go. Let's that's go. That, that's now You I, talk about, you know, on my days off, I'm going to eat good. I love to eat. I'm definitely going to train. I'm going to train first. And you ride down to Tyson's. And I, I'm not, so I'm not, I won't even, I don't even go to Tyson's because I'll go there sometimes. There's a suit supply, but I'll just go over to Georgetown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll go down to Arundel Mills. I'll find better deals. I'll be more excited about those deals because I go to Tyson's. I can go to suit supply. There's a couple other stores That's that Gucci you can buy. And Louis and I, all that. I don't shop at Gucci. I don't shop at Louis Vuitton. I, I don't. I, I've bought my wife purses from Louis Vuitton, but for me, I don't shop at those places. And so for me, um, I'm not a Gucci guy. I own several pairs of Gucci sneakers, several Gucci belts, but I'm not a Gucci Scarf, Gucci hat, no, everything, G G G G G, and I'm not even a Louis guy to tell you the truth. Like, if anything, I would have from Louis, it's a wallet. So let me tell you what helped me. So I'm a big. So two things on that. I have Gucci. I have Louis. I don't have tons of it, like you're saying. I didn't buy it from the Gucci store. I bought it probably on sale at Neiman's Last Call. So, or or you know, I'm a diehard for something vintage. Or vintage is hot. Anything I'll take, vintage. I'll take a I'll take a vintage Gucci or absolutely, Gucci, and it may even end up costing me more. I will buy it secondhand too. And hopefully, if you can find it, and they don't know, because I it do is. do pop up shops, I get rid of stuff. Hey, and so so you like a a, a good vintage Hermes too, I guess. Absolutely, absolute. Okay. Her, you can call it Hermes or Hermes, whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want Herms, you can call it whatever you, know, you like. I, I'm, I, I gotta get my hands on some, and it's just dumb expensive for no reason. But some Goyard. I mean, like, oh, yeah. I, I went to so we went to Bird Off Goodman, uh, me and uh, Pastor Hannah, who was on one of our last episodes. And um, so we in Bird Off Goodman, and we, we, you know, the upper floor in Bird Off is like, you know, some of the more sports stuff. You know, it's a polo up there. Right. It's the the Gucci. You can get the right. up. You can get the the Gucci slippers. Personalized up on the top floor, and so um, we're in there. And I, I go to the Goyard section. Goyard duffel, seven thousand. <laughs> Goyard card sleeve, two slots on each side. Card sleeve, seven hundred dollars. What you're telling me is you like those types of things. Love them, but I'm not but, buying. But it. you're not gonna. And you would have. Th- and this is the thing, people, that you gotta realize when you look at Odell. You know for a fact. You know for a fact. Couldn't nobody. <laughs> you could not. Hold on. This blazer I'm wearing today. I'm gonna give him a shout. I'm gonna give him a shout out. I was in Atlanta. Went to um, the um, boutique store, um, secondhand boutique store for men. I think it's called Label. Label okay. for gents. Stay on okay. Instagram. Found this right here. 
what I did was I took the old buttons off, put these silver buttons on. This is a Burberry double-breasted oh my God. blue blazer. Oh, my. I don't think y'all get it. $30. Y'all don't get No, and this is... This is good and very, very, You put these buttons on? I put these buttons on. Yourself or you had your... No, your, I went to the cleaners. Uh, I, I went to my tail and had them. Uh, okay, I found that. the buttons um, just at an old store, vintage store. So what, what size are you? 46. You're not a 46. I'm a 46. When, when I'm where I'm supposed to be, I'm a 45, 46. I'm a 46. I got these shoulders and then I have to get it cut up in the inside. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure. $30. So your shoulders are 46. You're, you're slimmer here. Yeah, I'm much slimmer in the waist. I, tailors don't like me sometimes because I have more than a 10-inch drop. And yeah. and this is double-breasted, ladies. DB I mean, it's killer. Double, and it's double-vented as well. Yes. Which is, which double-vented for is, us black guys. It's, it's, it's hard to find. Yes. A, a, a Burberry. This jacket alone, this blazer alone, should cost you somewhere at $1,600. It should. Probably, yep. At least. And so when I saw it, I jumped on it. And th- these lapels are, the lapels are crazy. They are a peak lapel. Peak but lapel. It's, but it's almost like a classic, like single-breasted single, single breasted yeah. peak lapel. Yeah. It is not as wide as you typically get. Right. On a, on a, so when it comes to fashion, I need, you to, I need you to go and look at Odell's page because it's something new every day. It, it's something new every day. Question. Are you a belt guy or are you a suspended? So, so I was going, I'm, I'm a, I, what do I have on right now? Suspended. No, I do not have on oh, suspended. Braces. I have on braces. braces. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, braces. So, I know he was going to so, come for me. So listen, I love the young guys, so this is not a diss to the young guys. But once you start to grow up, once you start to grow up, and if I see the teenagers wearing the exact same Ferragamo belt that I'm wearing, but theirs is a little bit lower because they like to wear their pants down. Right. A little bit lower. I can't, I, I just, my mindset had to elevate. And so I always want to look the most professional. So I love wearing braces. Plus, it helps you decide if your pants, where they fall. That, that's why I wear braces with my yes. suit is because... You know, when you're a bigger guy like I was gonna me, say that. Big, when big you're a right. bigger guy like me, your pants tend to rise and fall with that's a right. belt based on the way you're built or based on how... Now, that, that's why you should get your clothes tailored to you because it... it not to right. say it's going to stay 100%, but it's a little bit easier to, de- to determine where your pants are going to fall. And it's, it's that fit. It, get, helps, it helps with it, the fit. Like, and for me, to, to add to your point, I wanted... Gucci and back in the day, I used to wear Gucci belts all the time. But I said, you know what? I'm getting too old. I can't be out here wearing Gucci belt like a young mm. boy. But I, I sold, still, I sold I like, all mine. But I like the Gucci belt. So what I did right. was I started buying the smaller G. Right. So. Right. Gotcha. It's a, it's a smaller. It's a brush steel. Got them in a few different colors. And and of course, what it does for me, it gives me the feel, same feel that I like. But at the same time, I'm not out here screaming Gucci. Okay, and I even see he had a full tie. Oh, in this the, my it, whole tie joint. It, it, it's a hundred ties here. It's a hundred ties. Oh, he got a hundred ties here. And this is what's this a fur guy, mom? So this is the smaller, but beautiful. Like, like, but sometimes it don't have to have the big name. Like, right. no, it don't have to have a big old B or right. big old G or big old LV. And, and so what right. we're looking at here, ladies and gentlemen, is the um, classic horse bit um, Ferragamo 
with the Italian soft leather, brown uh, leather, and it's a reversible piece as well. Um, very beautiful, as well as the uh, the retractable um, or the the, 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 the the belt buckle that comes off. That's right. the thing. When you buy good pieces, let's say he outgrew this belt or the, the belt got worn or he, he doesn't like it, right. he can have this belt buckle forever. forever. And to tell you the truth, and it's the same size as the belt that I have on. So if I if I said to Odell, hey, I need that buckle. Hey. I literally could take my Gucci belt and buckle shift up it. and shift it. So so but that's a part of one thing that my older cousin, who I call him a polo Don, he everything in his closet is polo, from his jeans to his socks to his shirts to his suits are polo. Well he does custom Brooks Brothers suits because they okay they, they make his suits. But one thing he told me, he says, Rock, all that other stuff is fine. He says, but when I buy a polo, I know I don't have to buy something else next year. Right. Unless my, and he said, like he showed, I was at his house the other day. He has polo shirts from the 80s. I do too. I have polo shirts from that the I'm 80s. That I'm trying to let, I was like, let me have these shirts, man. <laughs> he won't give them to me because they're still in excellent condition. And sartorialists, they are also known for like how um, prestigious or, or pristine their clothes are. They keep them in such great shape. Absolutely. You have to. Um, I'm, I, I'm looking at his closet right man, now. I have a friend of mine, and I was over his house the other day, and I'm not calling no names. He he has some of the flyest stuff. But, man, he'll take his shoes off, and as soon as I take my shoes off, I put the shoe trees in them. Man, he'll kick them over to the side. They might be a week old. They look like they three weeks old. I mean, you know, three so, years old, because <laughs> he just throw them away any kind of way. So for me... My routine is that, and which I think most most um, gentlemen do, is once you take your shoe off um, for the evening, you set it aside to let it air, put your shoe trees in and let it air for the evening, right? Yeah. Before you put it away. Yeah. And then your well, suit, too. And your suit as well. You don't right? take them to the dry cleaners as much. You take them no. off, you air them out. No. Now, I have a unique situation, which is convenient. We have a gym here, right? So I have a shower in my office. So you never have to. You don't. So I bring, I come to church, I come to work, I come to church in my workout gear. I go to the gym. Then I come shower. back up to my office and shower and I get dressed here. And before I leave, like when I leave here, I'm going to take off my dress clothes and throw on a sweatsuit or some jeans. So, so in terms of that, Home's wardrobe. I'm sure you got wardrobe at home as well. Yeah, I do. Say, that's the, see, <laughs> see, it's called ex, uh, right. excess, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> see, but I'm looking at his closet now, and he last night he had on some uh, double monk strap boots. Were they triple? Triple monk strap. Triple monk strap suede uh, boots. Who are they by? Um, Zara. But they were ninety nine dollars. They look rich last night. I bought it when I was in Switzerland. <laughs> but, so there is a beautiful, beautiful uh, three um, three uh, monk strap boot. But they're airing right now. That's right. They they're not back in the box yet. They're not I back just in the box. only because I knew you were coming in here. I just hung up my suit from last night. It say it was I, on the fan. You know what? I, you know what I'm gonna do when I leave here. What I'm gonna do when I'm leave here. Hopefully he'll use it if I order it and get it sent here. I'm gonna get him a. Um, I'm gonna get a what you call sent here. Uh, uh, a valet. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna get you a valet. So right. I'm, I'm gonna order it off of, off of Amazon and get it sent here. I'm gonna need the address to the church so I can get it sent. 
And so earlier, I, I, I might have seemed like I was throwing a shot, you know, at the old school guys with the Gators, right? So I've never, I, when I went to my prom in 1988, I did have some lizard skin. I couldn't afford the Gators. So I had some lizard skins that I got from Dan Brothers. Hey, them slippers I had on last night, Dan, shout out to my man, Dan and Dan Brothers. Dan Brothers. And I, they were a one color, and I had them dyed to the color I wanted. So if you got a good quality shoe, it should be able to take a good dye. But and, and Dan Brothers will do I, it for you. I recently, when I say recent, the last three years, I acquired two pair of Gators because what I noticed is some of the rich Caucasian, but it's a certain style of Gator. Oh heck yeah! I was I was at let me not to cut you off, but I was at a no go ahead. A city meeting. Um, not too long ago, actually, it was right before um, the mayor had tra- our recent mayor, had tra- um, former uh, former mayor. mayor had transitioned, and I was at her awards breakfast lunch thing downtown, and it was this slick older Caucasian guy there. When I say slick, his suit was was custom. It 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 looked like he got it straight from several row three piece black peak lapel looked like the pel- lapel was flipping over his shoulder. Man, that's crazy. the look. And I said. He has on a cap, so he has to. I looked down. He had a pointed gator on. Yes, sir. This joint was so crazy. I said, now, this guy ain't from here. I'd never seen him before. And I kind of floated around a couple good circles. Like, I see people I see, you know, I recognize them. Never seen him before. But to add to your point, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, you, you, can, you can pull them off. You got to be subtle. Yeah, I mean, you be loud, loud is not the key. Like, you know, I don't like to do, to tell you the truth, most of my wardrobe is black. Most of it. Um, all, most of my suits are darker because I am a bigger guy. I'm a chocolate. My wife calls me chocolate. I have, my hair is pretty much straight when I brush it. It's, it's a comb he got, over. He got that good hair, y'all. It's called Julio Iglesias. <laughs> <laughs> so, Don so, Juan. Right. I, I wear a gradient tint in my, in my glasses. You know, everything is dark, and so I like to keep that same silhouette. Today I have an Oxford shirt on and some gray jeans, but, you know, that's because it's Friday and I was going to see my homeboy. So with that being said, we're going to have to do this again because this this podcast yeah. is an hour and a half. We got more to talk about. I want you guys to hit up Odell Exact on Instagram if your organization – and it's not – when I and when we talk about church, guys, we're not just talking about – if you need his help, call him if you run a church. If you have a small business, a medium-sized yes. business, a corporate, a corporate business, business, he has a staff that he runs, and he can show you how to make sure people want to work for you, like working for you, change the culture of your organization, and take your whole situation to the next level. I'm going to leave it here, and I'm going to let you have the last parting words so we get out of here. Man, two things. One, somebody hit me up on Instagram today, and I, I love the question that they asked me. And the question was, what leadership books do you recommend? I was like, good stuff. We reading. Right. You have to read to gain knowledge. So the books I dropped was, you've probably heard of this one, um, Good to Great by Jim Collins uh-huh. for your organization and have your leaders read it. There's another book by Jim Collins called Built to Last. Okay. Built to Last. Great book for, especially for pastors. Okay. It's a business book, but you'll see how to tie it in. Um, another book is called Crucial Conversations, and it talks about how you communicate 
uh, with your team and the different people when you have conflict. Everybody on their resume puts that they have people skills, but like Rock and I sitting here right now, we can't really claim people skills because we get along great. It's when we have a difference about something and how do we work through it and then continue to work together afterwards. And so people, you have to read. You have to read. I taught myself my fitness by reading Muscle Magazine or the, the Weeder Magazine. I taught myself how to work out. I taught myself how to work out by reading. Nobody taught me. There was no trainer. I did it by reading. And so the last thing is, one, I said this earlier, you need to be able to drop your ego. You have to be able, pastors and leaders, to ask for help. Build a team around you that complements you. Do not build a bunch of mini-me's. And for those of you who follow a pastor or follow a boss, a CEO, a COO, you cannot be a part of the problem and the solution at the same time. You have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. And on a fun note, man, let your style reflect who you are. Let it, let it be, let it make you attractive. Man, love yourself with no matter what size, what height, you know, what complexion you are. Love yourself. Let your clothes, don't let them make you, but let them enhance who you are. If you need to be a professional, listen, my dad taught me about professionalism. He was a blue-collar worker. He worked as a mechanic for 50-something years. His uniform was always pressed. His shirt was always tech tucked in. His shoes were always shined up and clean and tied up. He dressed like a professional. And man, I want to be a professional. I want people to take me seriously. Now, I want to make sure I have the content um, behind that, but first impressions are everything. I learned in Speech 101, what is the most important thing about a speech? It's not the substance. It's not the content. It is your appearance. That's the first thing. And in this visual world that we live in, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Facebook Live or Facebook, people see you first. They do not read your comments first. They look at you and decide whether they're going to double tap or whether they're going to read or whether they're going to scroll up. So you need to you need to really understand that you can be deep, you can be smart, but they're going to look at you. And if you don't have a certain amount of attractiveness, they're going to scroll up or scroll down. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it right here from the man himself, Odell Dickerson. He's, we're going we're gonna to have him back real, real, real soon. Because man, let's do this again. We could do this all day. Right. We could do this. And this one. This, man, we this, going to lunch to just right. finish the conversation. Right. This is <laughs> this is the longest podcast so far. It's an hour and 30 wow. minutes, which is good because, you know, my hosting is unlimited because I sprung for the good stuff. Oh, that's right. <laughs> all right. All right ladies, and, ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy Rock Mitchell here on the Social Advice Podcast where it don't take that long to get right. Shorty, love y'all. I'll see y'all soon. Peace. Love ya. My name is Odell Dickerson Jr., also known as Odell Exec, and you're listening to Rock Mitchell on the Rock Mitchell Social Advice Podcast. And it don't take that long to get right, shorty.